What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Indiana Sports Beat Radio, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Looks over the middle, second guesses, fires, throws, does he make the catch in the end zone? Yes! Touchdown! Oladipo to win it. Another one! He got Another it! One. Oladipo. Another one! Huge hole! He's at the 30! He's going to go! 10-5! Touchdown! Jonathan Taylor! Galloway finds Rob Finnessy, who fires the three, and... Now, from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios, here's your host, Jim Coyle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Coming to you, of course, on this February 28th from high atop the 18th fairway at the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. Don't forget, Indiana Sports Beat Radio is powered by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington, where you get more to your door. At AndyMoreHonda.com with the best selection in new and used vehicles. Make sure you stop by and visit Andy Moore Honda today and all of the great restaurants in and around the Bloomington area. Like, who's your Hank? Uh, uh, you got, who's uh, your see Hank's Pizza Mac that I had last night, which I thought it was just mac and cheese. It's not. It was like a party in your in the bowl before you ate it it was incredible <laughs> but uh you can go to hoosierhank.com as a matter of fact um get the little sticker right there see that there you go how about you see that? who's your hank look at who's your hank. hank look at that he was out and about all last night he was getting pictures um kind of cool and he de- indiana doesn't have an official mascot this is going to be the unofficial mascot, I think. Oh, they've uh, got a mascot, all right, Jim. They no, use a they do not. Yes, and they you can do. Use that, and you can use that phone number, 812-330, all zeros. <laughs> there you go. But uh, we're going to get people asking about you know, being able to buy these cool hats and stuff. Well, uh, they're going to get a uh, one spot together where you all can do when you can do all of that. Welcome aboard. Hope your uh, day has started off right. It's game day for Indiana. As the Iowa Hawkeyes pay a visit, the 18 and 11 Iowa Hawkeyes, 10 and 8 in the Big Ten, one game difference from Indiana, one game behind Indiana in the Big Ten standings, no less. And speaking of the Big Ten standings, of course, Indiana, wonkily uh, sitting, to me, they're sitting in second. Um, through the, all the tiebreaker crap, you know, it's they were actually in fifth if the tournament was today, but that changes with each game starting tonight. Uh, Indiana takes a step in securing that number two seed line, Dustin, which that is the is of utmost importance going into the Big Ten tournament. And with four teams tied at 11 and a seven. And Indiana not having the tiebreaker over uh, neither Northwestern nor Maryland, 
They just need them to lose a single game and Indiana to win out. And boom, that takes care of that. Indiana winds up with the number two seed. Opposite the Purdue Boilermakers setting up a potential Hoosier Boilermaker Big Ten Championship. But that's putting the cart before the horse. I was going to say, I think you can. I don't think Purdue's going to get to the championship game, to be quite honest wow. with you. Wow. I, I, I don't see it happening. Now, I think that they, depending on who they match up with in that, um, in that quarterfinal round on Friday, I think that they'll get to the. I think they'll get to Saturday. I think they'll. I think they'll probably win that first game. But you look at who they might have to play. Northwestern defended them really well. They had trouble with Maryland at home and on the road. Um, I, Michigan, they matched up pretty well. Iowa incorporates the press. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have kind of. I don't want to say figured out Purdue, but they know how to defend them. It's just a matter of if Purdue can hit shots or not. And if they're not hitting shots, as we saw on Saturday. Um, they, I don't want to say they're an easy team to beat, but they are become very one dimensional. So I think, look, this is, it's still a crazy race. We've got what two game, everybody's got two games left and you've got eight teams within a game, game and a half of each other. I mean, I can't remember this type of race recently where there was just so much to be determined and so many teams fighting for one of those top four spots. Uh, oh, it's nuts. It's it's crazy. And so, yeah, Indiana can take a huge step in the right direction. They can get the tiebreaker with Iowa. They currently have it with Michigan. They're not going to have it with Northwestern. So this is a huge game for Indiana tonight to, as we talked with Don Fisher yesterday, not only to to take another step in securing a first-round buy or a, uh, a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, but also to carry some of that momentum that you've gained over the past 10, 12 games, and after beating Purdue on the road, coming back home, a chance to beat an Iowa team that you should have beat earlier in the season at Carver Hawkeye Arena. This is a uh, this is a big one. This is a, I, I think that what you said yesterday that this is going to stick in their minds how they lost a what was it nineteen twenty one point lead a, a month ago. I think that's going to be fresh in their minds for this one. Uh, before I forget, uh, a couple of shout outs. Chuck, I hope you're uh, enjoying your nice morning coffee this morning. Uh, shout out to you, my friend. Appreciate you uh, listening. And our first financial friend of the day, Logan App. How are you, brother? I appreciate you very much. Hope you're, you're in, having a good start to your game day. Appreciate you listening very much. Uh, looking at the Big Ten standings, you mentioned this. <laughs> it's I can go all the way down to... I guess that would be 12th, um, 8 and 10, uh, going up from, from 12th place, 8 and 10, 8 and 10, 8 and 10, 9 and 8, 10 and 8, 10 and 8, 10 and 8, 11 and 7, 11 and 7, 11 and 7, 11 and 7. I mean, pretty crazy. But also crazy, look, look at the Big 12 standings. You know, look at something nuts. There are at least – Two teams that have losing records that potentially that are definitely going to make the tournament. Iowa State will make the NCAA tournament. Uh, TCU's got a 500 record. West Virginia is six and eleven, and is still now. I think they lost. No, they won last night, didn't they? I was watching that game. I think I might have fallen asleep. Because I think they were five and eleven going into that game. So yeah, they beat Iowa State last night. That's a big win for them. 
Holy cow. I think that was on the road. 72-69. That was a great game. Um, that, but that's why a team like West Virginia with a 6-11 and conference mark, unheard of, will be playing in the NCAA tournament. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. You've never heard of a, a, a I, I don't I don't recall conference teams with that kind of a record making it I, into the tournament. I don't either. I'm sure it's probably happened before, maybe in the old Big East days. But I know probably Mike DeCourcy would disagree with this, and I know we're going to have him on the program later today. But I've always had a problem with teams that don't finish 500 or better getting into what? the NCAA tournament in their conference. That- but you can't do that. So, all right, I, I, you can. Okay, then you're then that would not be fair because compare the ACC to the Big Twelve. Okay, the Big Twelve has five teams in the top twelve on the top twelve seed lines right now. The ACC doesn't have two in the top forty, probably. But there's how a difference many- in quality of play man when you're having to go to a a fist fight game every night like you in the big 12 it's like dude bring guns and knives and bats and knuckles and everything it's those it's every night is a war in the big 12 the acc is Candyland right now it's it just it's just not that they're seventh in the in the net rankings um there that's you you can't compare a conference like that. It used to be that way, though, because the conferences all used to be strong. The ACC was strong at the same time. And so those kind of conference records stood out at the back then because those teams were not this good. But these teams are better than, than what their conference records are showing. So I don't like to really reward mediocrity. And to me, if you are below 500 in your conference and you get a chance to compete for a national championship, that's rewarding mediocrity. Like, and I, you can make this argument if you, okay, let's just pretend. I know this isn't the case. Let's just pretend everybody plays. Mike DeCourcy uh, is going to tear you up. I know. It's fine. I understand. I understand. This is why I said Mike is not going to like this take. Uh, it's totally fine. People don't agree with me on this. I'm just saying he's going to agree with me for once, baby. <laughs> he he, he yes. damn well might. Yes, absolutely. Yes. He's going to take your side on this. I just oh. you can let's just for the sake of argument say every conference plays twenty league games because it's it's kind of easy to do the math. I'm not saying twelve and eight is all that much better or eleven and nine is all that much different than nine and eleven if you're playing a strong league, right? If you played in the Big Ten the previous two or three seasons. That's, you know, it's, it's hard to get wins in the big 12 this year. It's hard to get wins. I understand all that, but when you talk about competing for a national championship, there are how many teams in the, how many teams did you just rattle off in the big 10 that are above 500 right now? In the big 10. Yeah. In the big 10, we've got in, in conference play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine teams. So those nine teams, in my opinion, they also qualify. also and they also have fourteen teams in this league versus ten do. in the Big Twelve, right? And they've got twelve teams overall that are above five hundred. Okay, out of the fourteen. So is that just that just does not make it the same? It's not everything is just not the same. I didn't say um, it was the same. I'm just saying, but you, just like a perfect example is look at Purdue and Indiana. Purdue got to play 
the absolute oh, bottom. Is this not a fact? They played the it bottom five teams of the conference, four of them twice, one of them once. So there are nine wins. Nine of their 13 wins to win a conference championship come from playing against the bottom, the worst of the worst. Okay. So, so that's – and then others the do point? not have that schedule. Okay. <laughs> well, take Indiana for that, who only got to play those same teams one time and had to double play the teams at the top of the conference twice. You're we, telling me that doesn't make a difference? Do we want to go through the schedule and see how I'm this has worked asking, out on a, on just, a regular, on I a season-to-season basis? I just asked one question. You're telling me that does not make a difference. It does make a difference, but you know Thank the you schedule. You it you play the schedule going into the season. You know what you have I to do. That. This is this is the same thing. Look, you ask. So I don't see how it's any different. If you say if you put a criteria out there and say you have to finish 500 or better in your league to get into Can't the NCAA tournament, Can't how how is it any? But how is it any different than setting the requirement of you have to win? your league tournament to get nobody into the, put a requirement, but there is no requirement. You have to finish. I'm saying if they implemented some sort of requirement like that, which would be idiotic. Why is it more idiotic than you have to win your because conference? Tournament? You cannot compare. You cannot compare the conferences to each other. As far as wins and losses, you can't compare the big 12 to the ACC, but you're comparing, but if well, you, you can, and it's a horrible comparison. If the you ACC go down to sucks, but you give, but, you're saying if I win the ACC tournament, it's the same as winning the Big Ten tournament. No, because it's those not. Are, they're automatic qualifiers, so it's the same no, thing. No, they're not. No, they're yes. not. Yeah. What? what are no, you talking about? You have to win your conference tournament to guarantee a spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, oh, that's right. They do the <laughs> auto qualifiers. I forgot. It should have been. It should, it, I forgot that it's not the regular season champion, which it should be. Correct. That is that is that is the biggest joke. I agree that with it's you not on that. the regular yes. season champion. Although there's no regular season champion of any Power Five conference that's not getting a bid. Right. So in essence, they took care of that, knowing that those are going to get automatic bids. Right. It, it's 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 a it's an automatic bid, basically. Uh, I don't. It's just not listed as such. Right. Winning the conference championship is not more important, though, because that's asked ask, ask that to Mike DeCourcy. That does not, it's not, no, I, it does not have more importance. That's right. But that wasn't my argument. I mean, you could go down to the mid major level and you're saying basically if you win the A wow. Sun, it's the same this as winning. A, this is a stupid argument. Hmm. Make people leave. Hmm. I don't. <laughs> I did not think that this was a stupid argument. First, of all. I did not either. Either way, um, boy, got me off my train of thought. We got to take a break anyway, according to John Boy. Because up next, Mike DeCourcy will be joining us from the Big Ten Network and Sporting News. Back with more, brought to you by our good friends from BB's Market. Make sure you stop by your butcher, your baker, no matter what you need. Custom, greatest custom meats around, in-house made products. Uh, I'm telling you, people, it is the spot to go. Former Wagon Wheel, right at South Walnut. Back with more Indiana Sports Beat Radio right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. 
Whether it's at our place or yours, great food and a great time is our guarantee. Endeavor Hospitality is a locally owned and operated restaurant group also offering catering services in Bloomington, Indiana. Our local restaurants provide an array of options that never leave you bored. Just to tempt you with a few mouth-watering options, experience a charcuterie board at Feast, Southern Stone's Fried Chicken, Vegan Tacos at the Owlery, an authentic Italian meal at Cabello, or a hearty breakfast at BB's Market. Your next dining endeavor starts by visiting Endeavor Indiana or downloading the WOW Club app to earn exclusive dining rewards. Endeavor Hospitality and the WOW Network. Andy Moore Honda is Bloomington's number one Honda dealer simply because you get the best deals. And right now, it's the Certified Dream Deal Sales Event. Get 0.99% APR financing for well-qualified buyers on all 2017 through 2021 Honda Certified Pre-Owned Accords, Civics, CRVs, HRVs, and Pilots. See dealer for financing deals. Andy Moore Honda, Bloomington's number one Honda dealer. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Hey, this is John, the producer with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. The Hoosier.com is where you can find complete coverage of Indiana basketball, football, and plenty more. Simply go to the Hoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also find full episodes of Indiana Sports Beat Radio on the homepage or on the station every week, Monday through Friday. If we're not on a station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. BB's Market is your local meat shop, steakhouse, and caterer. No matter where you live, located on South College in Bloomington, BB's opens every day at 6 a.m. with fresh, custom-made breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner items. With some of the best custom meats around, in-house made deli, side dishes, salads, and lunch meats, BB's Market has the largest variety of in-house made products in southern Indiana, including 14 different marinades for chicken, beef, and unique recipes for over 35 varieties of brats and sausages. Visit bbsmarket.com for online ordering. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at the corner of Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington, offers a variety of freshly made fare, tying their roots in limestone with their love of Southern eateries. With quality, local, and organic food as their main focus, Southern Stone strives to always provide their guests with an exceptional dining experience. With weekly specials, quick, attentive service, Southern Stone Restaurant provides delicious, five-star comfort food with a Southern charm at two-star prices. Southern Stone Restaurant is part of Endeavor Hospitality's Wild Club. This segment is brought to you by Southern Stone Restaurant. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Corey, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Mohanda of Bloomington. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Beat Radio, coming to you here on this Tuesday, February 28th. Brought to you by our good friends from Southern Stone Restaurant. Where I uh, was out last night for uh, Inside Indiana Basketball with Mike Whitson, Don Fisher. You have one more week to catch them out there. It was a packed house, of course, coming off that big win over uh, Purdue last night. But uh, 
Make sure you stop by Southern Stone on Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Welcome in Mike DeCourcy from the Big Ten Network, as well as the Sporting News. Uh, I I met Rafael. I got to meet Rafael at the Purdue game the other day, and I was so happy because I have to, just happened to look up. Oh my God, Rafael! I'm like, damn, and. Super, super nice guy. Yes. Uh, and people, this is, he's a Purdue guy, by the way, if you don't know, but super nice guy. Um, and I told him that I really enjoy uh, catching you and, and, and Rafael each Sunday night. And if you're not doing that, people, you're, you're not doing yourselves a favor on, uh, on the Big Ten network. Um, Big Ten and beyond each Sunday night, wrapping up everything that's happened uh, over the weekend, where everything is and where it's going. Mike and and, and Rafael and and uh, Rick Pizzo do a great job, and and it's an enjoyable start to. It's how I start my week, man. If I don't have that, I feel a little lost. I really start to. I hate that I didn't. I, I didn't jump on that train at the very beginning, Mike. I, I was not in the good scheduling, but well, once I got into it, I'm like. Bam, and then I got it recorded now anyway. So, But great stuff every Sunday night. You guys do a great job of getting things wrapped up because there's so much to wrap up uh, when it comes to Sunday night, man, because it's all happened by then. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to get it all in for sure uh, with the uh, with the, the men's games. So we usually have quite a few on Sundays. Uh, Big Ten plays a lot of Sunday games. So we've got that. We've got the, the week ahead. We have multiple segments on the week ahead that, uh, and then, of course, uh, whatever national topics. So it's it's been a, it's been a show we've been working on since since 2011, uh, 2010, 11 season. Uh, we've we've done the show with the with the exception of the of the uh, 2021 season when we didn't do the program that year. Uh, so we've been uh, running continuously 12 seasons, and and it's a lot of fun to do. And and I've been proud, really proud, to be a part of it for as long as I have. And the Big Ten has kept you pretty busy because we've still got two games left and you've got, I think, eight teams within a game and a half fight, trying to fight for one of those three, basically one of the three double buys that are remaining, assuming Purdue wins one of their last two games and locks up uh, the top spot. I mean, I'm not, I don't remember this many teams being that competitive for that double buy this late in the season. I mean, it's been it's been unique where every single game, Every single night has meant something to somebody. I mean, it's been incredibly fun to watch uh, the past couple months. Well, you go all the way down to 14th place. And, <laughs> and Wisconsin, crazy. Nebraska, Penn State are more or less tied for 14th and tiebreakers, whatever it's possible to discern right now. But those four teams, I guess they're tied for 11th place or 12th place. But those, those four teams take you down to 14th in the standing, and they are 8 and 10 in the league. That tells you how deep the strength of this league goes. It's not, it's not overwhelming, and people are out there now just waiting for the league to not do well in the NCAA tournament. Say, oh, see, they weren't any good. But the reality is that this this league doesn't have a lot of great teams. It maybe has two uh, if things break right, but it doesn't have a lot. And most of the teams that enter the NCAA tournament from this conference will will be seeded to lose before the first weekend's over. Uh, they'll, they'll be seated to lose one of the first two games, if not both of the first two games. So if they don't do well, it's because they weren't supposed to do well, but they've, they're earning these spots. They earned them by winning in November, December, 
and by continuing to perform at a high level in the league. You know, it's funny because the ACC is all wound up now because all this is breaking against them. And they, you know, they want to believe that it's unfair. Well, Ohio State, which is now in fifth, in uh, 13th place in the league, uh, Ohio State's now in 13th. I'm sorry, I was doing the math wrong. Those teams aren't tied for 14th. They're tied for 12th. I was doing the, I was doing the math on a 16th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not there yet. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, I, I apologize for those errors. But um, th- the 13th place now, Ohio State, uh, had a lead on on Carolina and gave it up on a on a late uh, hook shot by Pete Nance that tied the game and they lost in overtime. And that's that's the next to worst team in in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, and you could go all through and see examples of that. Uh, it's it the Big Ten doesn't have many and hardly any easy nights. The ACC, oh wow. Uh, we got Florida State coming in. Oh, we got Georgia Tech coming in. Oh, we got Louisville coming in, and and that sounds great, but it isn't much when you get it on the floor, and and and, and it makes a difference. I mean, you are what your league is because that's who you're playing all the time. And there's a there's a, a feeling in the ACC that is expressed by not just by fans but by coaches that that, that too much emphasis is put on November and December. And and it should be on now. Okay, well, like, how do we know how what now means if you're bad in November and December? You go out and you and you win sixty six percent of your games out of conference when you have the scheduling power of the ACC. I mean, you can buy whatever whatever games are available when you're in the ACC, and yet they still didn't win. They, did they did they beat the uh, Big Ten in the ACC Big Ten Challenge? They did eight to six not an overwhelming advantage. And then they went out and they won like 60, like 66% of their other non-conference games while the big 10 was winning like 77%. You win or lose. It's, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not anybody's fault, but your own that you have bad teams in your league. And so that's how it, and that's how it breaks. If you're in the big 10, you don't have many of those. If you're in the big 12, you don't have any of those at all. Zero. The worst team in the Big 12 beat the best team in the country by the by the virtue of the of the uh, the committee's bracket reveal, Alabama, by 24 points. Oklahoma, Alabama. Oklahoma wins by 24 points, and the game was never that close until the end. That's how that's how strong the Big 12 has been this season. Yeah, you, I was looking at the. Uh... Um, the net rankings for conferences and the ACC one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. They're seventh behind the Pac 12, behind the Mountain West, behind the Big East, behind the SEC. Uh, so, and that's not, that's not normal. We're not used to seeing the ACC down there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't recall the ACC being bad as a basketball conference. Um, it, it, I would have to go back to maybe when I was a kid. Um, but it, it's, I still, I, I think this is going to be an incredible tournament. I don't care. I love the teams from the big 12. I say, let them all in, man. That's it's a, it, every, I was telling Justin the difference between a, a game and say the ACC and the big 12, buddy, you better bring the 
gun and knife fight and everything else in the Big 12 every night. And and there's just there's some off nights in the ACC where it's it's that's just not the case. And buddy, the, the Big 12 is just a bloodied, battered league. I don't know if that's going to help them or hurt them come to tournament because they're so battle tested. Are they battle weary? See, I my theory and and the statistics underscore what I believe, which is that you're more likely to be battle weary. If you look back at the leagues that have gotten nine or more teams into the field, they generally underperform. Uh, They win about 55% of their games or something like that. Well, battle-tested, shouldn't you do better than that? There aren't very many teams making the Sweet 16s out of those leagues or Elite Eights or the Final Fours. We have had two champions out of such leagues. But think about it. In 2011, the Big East got 11 out of their 16 teams into the field. They got 11 out of 16, and only two of those 11 made it to the Sweet 16. Only two. And in those games, they each played another Big East member because there was there was no way to avoid it. And so it was UConn beat Cincinnati second round and Marquette beat Syracuse second round. So they both advanced. Everybody else, nine of the 11 went home. We saw it in the Big Ten 2021, uh, the disappointment of that. We saw it last year with the, with the disappointment of that. Uh, it, they have, in, whereas in 2018, when the Big Ten, I think, got four, I think it was four in 2018, Michigan goes all the way to the title game. So I don't believe it battle-tested for the most part. I think, I think it wears you down. And that may happen with the Big Ten this year in the tournament. It may happen with the Big 12. We'll see. But I think, I, I think that, that bringing up the Big 12 is a nice little door, a nice little opening, so that we can discuss Dustin's uh, – a concept of no team that isn't 500 in their conference should get into the field. And I think this is, this is a, a favorite topic of mine. I'm not a thousand percent sure that I was the first person who said that, but it's not a bad bet. I first wrote a column about that uh, in 20, in 1988, I believe it was 1987 or 88. I wrote that no team in the, uh, in the, in the ter- should get into the tournament without a 500 record. And at that point in my career, I was covering Duquesne, which was in the Atlantic 10, a very good season for the Atlantic 10. Tommy Garrick and Silk Owens were at uh, Rhode Island. They end up making the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 that year. Uh, West Virginia was good. Uh, it was a really good league. And so the, I wrote that column. And then a year later, I, I, I got a promotion to cover Pitt in the Big East. And I, so then you're on the road at Syracuse and Providence and Georgetown and blah, blah, blah. And, and I thought, and after I'd done pretty much the whole circuit of, of the road games, I thought back and I was like, man, that was wrong. There was such <laughs> a the, the Big East that, you know, Alonzo Mourning and, and Derek Coleman and Billy Owens. And, and it just wasn't, you know, they, they weren't the same. And it's changed the, even more, fair, I think. What's that? And I think it's changed even more to, to what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it has. It really has because the Atlantic Ton doesn't have very many Tom Garrick, Silk Owens backcourts now. They're not bad, but they're not great. Uh, they're probably only going to get one team in the league. And, and this is true uh, not just to the Atlantic 10 Big East comparison, but 
pretty much everybody below the power five level or power six level if you because you have to include the big east it's a big difference i because i've seen it now for 40 you know what 35 years of covering uh there are differences in the leagues and so if if you can create all leagues being equal then yeah it makes sense that no one who has a losing record should make it but because they're not i mean there are those jarring differences and there's a difference now between, as I said before, the Big Ten, Big 12, where there's so few places to hide, and the, and a league like the ACC, which is lugging around Notre Dame and Georgia Tech and, and, uh, and Louisville having one of the worst major college seasons in, at least in uh, the expanded bracket era. Uh, they're having, they're, they are probably, they are flirting with the worst ever. I think they beating Clemson at home might have escaped, you know, pulled them out of that uh, out of that uh, ignominy, but uh, it's still a terrible season. And so I think I think that uh, that we're seeing those differences, and that's why the idea that you have to be five hundred doesn't, you know, it doesn't hold up. It it, it because the leagues are so different. You're in the big. Twelve, and if you were in, you know, if you were in a different league, if you were in the Mountain West, you'd be like, you know, fourteen and two or something, or or thirteen and five or whatever it is, you know. And and you're in the Big Twelve, and you're like seven and eleven, and like happy that you're that good, right? I I guess, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this point as well as it is in my brain. So, <laughs> so uh, here's, before here's, before you even attempt it, you're wrong. I, know, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. I guess so. This these are the points that I'd like to to counter with, and I'm not I'm not here to to make an argument. What I'm saying is, for me, the the Power Five leagues have ample opportunity to get teams into the NCAA tournament. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Whether it's through non conference scheduling, whether it's through winning your regular season, winning winning the conference tournament, and you go down to the mid major level. And it's basically, unless you have maybe one or two losses or win your conference tournament, that's your only chance to get in. So to me, I understand that there's a level, there's a different level. There's, let's use Wisconsin, Nebraska. They would dominate probably the A-Sun or, or the Horizon League or, or another league. But you might have, I'm going to use Kennesaw State as an example. They just won the A-Sun, had a phenomenal year. If they lose one game in the A-Sun tournament, they're they're out. They're done. I would prefer to see a team that wins their league and a conference cha- a conference tournament champion from those mid-major leagues as opposed to a team that finishes below the 500 mark. And I'm not here to disagree. I, like again, if Wisconsin is in those leagues, they're probably undefeated and they win and it, you know, there's no there's no comparison there. I just feel like when you are below 500, it's rewarding mediocrity for a chance to win a national championship. Well, I mean, I think first of all, you have to you have to remember that the teams that we're talking about all have had better have significant out of conference achievement in order sure. to be considered. And I mean, let's use West Virginia as an example. Uh, West Virginia played at they played Pitt. I, I, now I'm re, I, I'm not remembering whether it was a home game or a road game. I think it, let, I can find that out in a second. They played at Pitt. They played at Pitt. Okay, so they play at Pitt. Pitt's now leading the ACC. If Pitt wins against Notre Dame uh, tonight or tomorrow, if they beat Notre Dame, they clinch a share of the ACC championship. West Virginia went in there one by 30. 
Uh, and, and that's the league champion. Uh, so, or, or prospective league champion. So that's, you, you have to do those things or you're not in this discussion. So I don't think it's fair to describe it as mediocrity. I think your league has to be extraordinary for you to have a sub 500 record uh, in that league and still be considered. And then that's another element. And then I think that what's overlooked, Dustin, is that with the way the NCAA tournament is set up with 32 automatic bids, and then you take out, let's say, the nine leagues that are 10 leagues that are likely or possible to have more than one bid in a given year. We'll include the Atlantic 10, even though this year uh, they ha- they don't have any chance. So that, that leaves 22 bids into the tournament out of 68 teams. Um, so 22, 22 teams divided by 68. Wait, where is that? 22 divided by 68 is 32.3%, 32.4%. So that's one-third of the field, okay? One-third of the NCAA tournament field goes to those leagues that you're describing. And they don't have one-third of the best teams. Let's be honest. They don't. Right, right. So they're already getting granted this special thing, this opportunity to play for the championship. So I don't think they're getting a raw deal generally. I think where they get a tough deal is somebody like College of Charleston. I, I, have, I have demonstrated over the years that if you dominate a league in the way that College of Charleston is, if, you, if you're winning way more than 80% of your regular season games – you have, a, you have a terrific chance of doing well in the NCAA tournament. Those teams do well. It usually takes an exceptional team that's won 80% of its games in a, uh, in a higher league that, that, to take them out of the tournament. They, they, people say, oh, where'd that upset come from? And then you look and they're like, well, they win all the time, so they know how to win. <laughs> Right. So, so, like, if College of Charleston loses their conference tournament final, if they lose the Colonial final, and they don't get in, I think that's a mistake. And I've tried to argue this with the, with the uh, committee to, to to respect dominance more than they do. I, I I think that those teams should get more consideration than they do. Florida Atlantic would be another. I don't think there are any others in this season that fall into that category, but those two do. And that's why they have, I've consistently been seeding them higher than the other mid-majors. It's what, you know, it, I, if you look at, um, Lenardi does his bracket differently than I do. Uh, I, I don't follow, like, if you're in first place, like if you have the tiebreaker in a, conf, in, a, in a mid-major conference that I'm putting you in, because the reality is nobody decides their conference tournament by the regular season champ. So I can put anybody in there that I want and be accurate. So what I do, like, okay, College of Charleston and Hofstra have the same record in conference. Hofstra has a win over College of Charleston. So they're the number one seed in the tournament. So Lenardi has them in, and then he has Charleston on their first, on his first four out as a, uh, uh, or maybe next four out, but as a contender, but not in. See, to me, I think if you're if you're if Hofstra goes out and beats Charleston again in the in the colonial final, I think that Charleston should be in there on the basis of dominance. They were a dominant team this year. They didn't play the greatest schedule. Well, it's not easy to play the greatest schedule when you're college at Charleston. Nobody wants to play you. Uh, and, and 
I will say that the other element of this that really kind of frosts me because I've been talking about it for 20 years almost is that the mid-majors, here's what, here's what too many of them do. Okay. Um, hey, Duke, you want to play me? Uh, no. Okay. They hang up the phone. See, nobody will play us. And then they go out and schedule bad teams. Right. Instead of saying College of Charleston, say calling um, VCU or uh, VCU calling um, Colgate or whatever. Like the, those games will help you in your, you know, like, because if you beat good teams that have high rankings, it'll help you. Liberty has always got good rankings. Right. I mean, when they have a good team, they, 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 they've been a high net team for a team out of their league, the, the A-Sun. They're like when they were good two years ago, they had a great net ranking. When they were good in 2019, they had a great net ranking. So why doesn't everybody call in Liberty like five minutes after the end of the previous season? Right. But it, they, these teams never play each other. That's one of the reasons why I wasn't happy about the bracket busters going away. Because it was the one time when they literally finally agreed to play one another. They all look at it as, well, if I lose to them, then I'm eliminating myself. But you're delusional because they're not taking you anyway because you're not playing enough good teams. Right. David, thanks a lot for jumping on. We've got to take a quick break. The great Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News and Big Ten Network is with us. We've got more to talk about when we come back. Indiana takes on Iowa tonight in an important game as uh, the Hoosiers are looking to secure that double bye in the Big Ten tournament and uh, secure a higher bid in the uh, NCAA tournament coming up overall. Coming back with lots more brought to you by our good friends from Goatine, a part of the Endeavor Hospitality Well Club. Goatine is uh, for those on the go, full of fresh protein, delicious tasting snacks, Pick them up at BB's Market or GoTeamBites.com. Back with more right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Golfers, here's a deal you won't want to pass up. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington is offering a very special two-year gold anniversary membership for only $299. That's right, just $299 covers your green fees for the next two years at Eagle Point. It includes tee times starting as early as up to 10 a.m. with one week in advanced tee time bookings. You just cover your card fees. Now, there is a limited number of memberships available, so go to EaglePoint.com right now and get yours today. Looking for someone to cater your next corporate event, family reunion, or tailgate? To some, a garnish may be nothing more than just a decoration put last on a plate. But in Bloomington, catering starts with Garnish Catering. Serving all of Bloomington and surrounding areas, Garnish Catering is waiting to help make your next event one to remember. Planning a great event shouldn't have to be stressful. Whether we quote you just for catering or a total event package, you can trust that you're making the right choice with Garnish Catering. Visit GarnishCatering.com. Garnish Catering is a proud partner of WOW Network. Courtroom Sports Grill in Bedford prides itself on providing their guests with fresh, innovative dishes with a Cajun cuisine designed to please your palate and your wallet. Every item on their menu is made from scratch using only the freshest ingredients. It's a great place to catch a game, meet up with friends for a night out, or have dinner with the family. We'll see you in the dining room because we guarantee you'll like it. Courtroom Sports Grill, located in the heart of downtown Bedford and is a part of Endeavor Hospitality's WOW Network. 
country living is just a swing away. It can be hard to find the exact home that fits your family's needs, so there couldn't be a better time to build a new home with Property Shore Construction. Now building exclusively south of Bloomington within the Stonecrest Golf Community. Choose from one of the gorgeous Stonecrest Signature Series house plans. We have several lots available with scenic views of the golf course. Contact Amy Rhoda with Rebesco Real Estate for additional information. 812-583-0919 or go to MyStonecrestLiving.com. That's MyStonecrestLiving.com for more details. Metalworks Brewery Company, located just off the square in Bloomington near Cabello, is locally owned and operated by Endeavor Hospitality Group. Launched from a previous staple in Bloomington, the former Function Brewery, Metalworks Brewery Company is the culmination of a passion for beer, food, and custom metal art. Check out their custom growlers. Metalworks Brewery Company has an updated menu, new brews, and will be offered in all Endeavor Hospitality restaurants. Come taste with Dr. Hobbs' Brewing. Metalworks Brewing Company. Bring your passion and your thirst. Feast Market and Cellar, a part of Endeavor Hospitality's Wild Club, is located next door to Southern Stone Restaurant on Patterson and Rogers. It's one of the most popular gathering spots in Bloomington. Whether you're out on a date with your spouse, friends, or coworkers, Feast Market and Cellar offers an extensive wine selection with a sommelier on staff to help you with your selections. Feast also provides a wide variety of cheeses, gourmet sandwiches, entrees, a coffee bar, bread, pastries, all made fresh and mouthwatering. Stop by Feast Market and Cellar today. This segment is brought to you by REMAX Advanced Realty, Indie Home Pro's team by Cheryl Sizemore. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Beat, here on this Tuesday, February 28th. I hope you're enjoying the, the semi-spring weather that we've been having. Brought to you by our good friend Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Realty with over 20 years of experience in the Indianapolis area. If you're looking for a home in that area, you need Cheryl and her two decades of experience. It could be the difference between you getting the home you want or not. Reach out to her, Cheryl at IndieHomePros.com. Welcome back. Our friend Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News and Big Ten Network is with us, along with Dustin Schutte, of course. And... Mike, the player of the year, uh, the debate had been raging. Trace Jackson Davis had really made a charge. Had, boy, he was just playing out of his mind. And But I, I think the, the Purdue-Indiana game kind of put that, that, that argument to rest. Not that uh, ZD had a great game, but uh, they were able to hold Trace Jackson Davis in check. Zero points at the half. Although he come out with a strong second half, six points in the first four minutes, and play, playing within himself and not trying to force things probably went a long way in helping Indiana win that night. A lot of assists from him, but the argument for Player of the Year is uh, Zach Eady is is going to win that going away probably in both the national and in the Big Ten. Uh, but I, I think that uh, Trace Jackson Davis will end up being the defensive player of the year because he is blocking virtually every other shot that goes up. Can we have the court stenographer read back Jim's part uh, of his discussion where he said, not that Edie had a great game. I want to, I just want to point well, something out. I just want to point something out. Yeah. 26 points, 16 yeah. rebounds, three assists, two blocks. That's how high he has set the bar. That it you is. can say that. 
They, you know, uh, as soon as you, as soon as you brought it, as soon I, I knew what was coming. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I fell right into it. I fell right into it, and it's so easy to do because when it's not 32 points and it's not something crazy, ah, uh, it was just 26 points and 14 rebounds or whatever it was. Uh. But he does it himself. He does. I mean, he does it himself. That's. I mean, that's because the bar has been set so high. Um, it's it, it it's understandable that you did that. I did. I wasn't. I wasn't mocking you. I just want to point out that I know. And, and I'll be honest with you. I have forgotten his his numbers for that night because I because have so they many lost other numbers and, in my mind. And yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't. It's not the best game he's ever played. It, and that says something as well that he go for twenty six and sixteen and and one could say well, but he 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 has had an incredible season and it's from a player who while has grown in college basketball. It's one of my favorite things about doing this. Uh, I I covered every game of Kenyon Martin's career and I went from him as a freshman uh, to struggling in interviews. He had a, he had like a pressure, like a um, anxiety based speech impediment. Like when he talked with people that he wasn't, didn't know he had like a speech impediment. And from there to being, um, first team all American player of the year as a senior. And now has, you know, he's done television work, um, and because he's grown so much and it's just a beautiful thing. And you see that with Zach, who is so new to the game relative to the other elite players and has grown from, you know, a guy who had to learn how to, how to chin a rebound because, and this, 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 I was, when most players chin a rebound, like what they're doing is they're putting their elbows up to guard against everybody coming, you know, you, they, what they call it chinning because you're putting the ball here under your chin where it's hard to get at. You have the most strength applied to it. And also you have your two elbows out so guys can't get near you. And when the average six, eight guy chins a rebound, his elbow is near the other guy's bicep or his shoulder. Um, when Zach chins a rebound, his elbow is by a player's head, and we all know how that goes, what happens. So he had to learn a special process on how to gather a rebound and put it in a place where it couldn't be easily dislodged for him. That's how much he had to grow as a player. And now we've got 26, 16, and 3, and we're thinking, yeah, but could you do more? I just I love that about college basketball. I'm sure teachers – who, who take kids into the start of a school year. And, and then by the end of the year, you know, they're reading, uh, uh, you know, they're reading uh, a war and peace or whatever. And, and they see that growth and they're thrilled by it. I don't, I, you know, I'm not a teacher and I'm not in classrooms and all that, but I see that in the players and I'm not the person responsible, but I love observing that growth with various players, whether it's on court um, with, a, with, a, with a guy like Zach or whether it's, you know, speaking to players and interviewing them and getting to know them a little bit uh, and watching them develop over the course of those three, four years that they spend in college. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, uh, and we see it really reflected nicely in, in Zach Eady. Here's, here's a compliment to both Zach Eady and to Indiana. In the two games, 59 points, 34 rebounds. And the two stories were Indiana won. I mean, Indiana won, obviously, both games. But everybody was talking about after the first one, Trace Jackson Davis, and after the second one, Jalen Hood Shafino. I mean, that's just we've it just speaks to your point, Mike, that it's like Matt Painter said it after one of the one of the uh, I think maybe Maryland or something, like it's pretty good when you can go out and have twenty and fourteen and you were just okay. 
Right. <laughs> it's just insane. I, I, um, I, oh, go ahead, Jim. No, I was go ahead because I was going to change the points. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm, it's your show. I, I was going to actually now talk to about freshman of the year. It had been long thought that it was going to be Bryce Sensabaugh. But as this season has gone on, I'm like, you know what? Jalen hood Shafino to me, is the freshman of the year. And Bryce Sensabaugh does not have a Trace Jackson Davis that he has to share any uh, – that's taken away from what he's doing because Bryce Sensible is the best player on his team. Um, and that's not a crack. Uh, that's a great thing to be. That just shows more of his talent. But I also, because of, of what Jalen Hutchfino has been able to do with a, 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 pl- a potential player of the year on his team, and especially here of late, uh, I just, I think he's a freshman of the year in the big 10. And I know that's going to sound a little biased and I don't mean it to be because I, I thought it was sensible all year. But uh, I just think that Jalen Jafino has done and just shown how valuable he is, and especially in that Purdue game. I mean, he just took it all. He, that was Damon Bailey in 1991. Seriously, that's exactly what that was. I was in the, that building when Damon Bailey did the same thing. Nobody touched the ball hardly. Uh, but Damon, he scored the last 11 points of the game to win the state championship. Jalen Jafino is just weaving in and out of traffic of that. I still cannot imagine. He, he's down there weaving in and out of that lane with all of those legs that are, some of them are, some of the legs alone are six foot tall. Uh, it's just crazy. But I think he's a freshman of the year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I had, um, Bryce uh, had such a great start to the season in the, in the Buckeyes as well. And when they were winning, I saw that that being sort of the, uh, impending result. But as Ohio State started to lose, I started to look harder at Braden Smith. I thought Braden Smith's the the direction he brought to the Purdue offense and when they were when they were dominating the league was worthy of that award. But as they have uh, slipped a little bit, I think now with what Jalen has done to elevate the Hoosiers, yeah, he's got Trace on his team, but that's he's a point guard. His job is to make the Hoosiers go. And whether that's getting the ball to trace for one of his 30 point nights, which has happened with Jalen as point guard or going for 35 himself against the best team in the league. I I think he absolutely would get my vote for freshman of the year. And I, I, to me, I'm not sure it's particularly close now. Uh, I don't, I don't think that you can, I, you can, but I don't think it's wise uh, to, to reward the player who's on the 13th place team when you have a guy who's on the second place team playing at the level Jalen is. That Winning matters to me in, in postseason awards. It, I, I think that has to be a factor. Do, do you impact winning? And sometimes like in a, a young man like Antonio Davis up at the Detroit Mercy, his team's wasn't great to begin with, and then they lost two starters to injury, and they're still winning some games, and they didn't have a great year. But I think that he impacted winning without a doubt. Uh, and so I'm not going to put him on an All-America ballot, but when I was asked for uh, for nominees for a particular award for his position, I, I went ahead and included him because I, I think he does impact winning, even though he's – uh, he's taking all those shots. I think he does it in service of his team's best possible results. So I, 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 
I think that that's the difference. And I'm not saying that Bryce is not trying to win. I think he is. Uh, but it's not having the, in general, the desired impact. I mean, they just ended a long losing streak with the win over Illinois on Sunday. Uh, I, I, I think that it has to be about more than just he's talented because he is. There are, there are rewards for Bryce's talent. Uh, maybe this year, maybe next year, he'll be a, he'll be an NBA draft pick. Um, but you, this is college basketball and whether you win or lose the game does have to matter. Absolutely. And Jalen is continuing to actually ra- uh, raise his draft stock, uh, much to the dismay of Hoosier fans, because I sent out a tweet Saturday night uh, that says, enjoy this performance, Hoosier fans. I doubt you'll see him in Mackey Arena again. Uh, and I'm sure Purdue fans are, would be happy about that. Um, next question that is that is changed, Coach of the Year. That seemed to be kind of set. Well, I don't know if it was set between Matt Painter and maybe Chris Collins. Chris Collins kind of seemed to be to me to be uh, in the lead in my mind, in my feeble mind. And you know, it, you know, you you cannot take away Matt Painter for what they're doing, of course. But Mike Woodson, where what where, where does Indiana finish? And what he's going to get a, a ton of of interest as well. So I think this is a three horse race. And I don't think that this one is, is decided yet. It's a great point. Uh, when you think about it, remember, Indiana was picked to win it, and then they're probably not going to do that. So that will impact people's judgment. But uh, no, we were just we were wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the fact that uh, that they endured the number of injuries that they did and they had to reinvent themselves, although they had a ready substitute, they did have to reinvent themselves at the most important position on the floor. And so I, I think that he has done a good job of rebuilding that program, that rebuilding that team around Jalen hood Shafino as your primary playmaker when the plan for months had been to convert Jalen from a point guard into a secondary ball handler, into a, a wing who could attack uh, off the bounce, who had the freedom to do that who had the freedom to get it and go if, if somebody found him with an outlet, but who was not going to be the person that they looked to first for that, not going to be the person who initiated most of the offense. And then Xavier gets hurt, and you have to make a complete switch at that position halfway through the season, give or take. And that's not easy to do. And they took a couple of games to get it right, and obviously the injury to race impacted that, that uh, repositioning. And so it took a little while to get it right, and now it's right. And now they have a team that's capable of, of contending for a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And the team that, the only team uh, that will sweep the Purdue Boilermakers this year in, in uh, regular season play. Uh, well, and something that should be pointed out, Mike, uh, if you're talking about Purdue's schedule, they drew the bottom five teams in the conference, four of those twice and one of them once. So a, a good chunk of their wins is coming against the the bottom five. Well, yeah, teams I mean, remember the bottom five, <laughs> other than the bottom one, uh, it, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. Uh, it makes a little difference, but most of the teams that they're playing in that circumstance are pretty good or, or tournament contenders. 
they, so it has it has helped. I don't think I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, they also did go out, and and then this this gets into whether or not the outside play matters or not. But they did beat Xavier. They did beat Duke. They they made their hay early. Yeah, they absolutely made their hay early in the season. Tonight, Mike uh, Indiana takes on uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, in a game that's important for both teams. Everything's important, but Indiana definitely needs this because they are fighting for this double bye. And for that to happen, they cannot lose either of their last two home games, or fortunately their two games and both of them are at home. Fortunately tonight, Hawkeyes, then this weekend on Sunday against Michigan, uh, who is maybe the hottest team in the big 10 right now, but Iowa coming in, Indiana had a 21 point lead. This is a game that will haunt, is haunted Indiana all year because, man, you can what if you can start what if and just from the Iowa game alone, and uh, that really really hurt them and, and started a, a a bad stretch for them. But um, that's obviously not, not going to be the case tonight. We we will hopefully see some frantics as Dustin coined the great phrase yesterday. I love it. Uh, frantics. How is how was that? How was his stare down? Oh. Mike Dustin loves puns. We just learned him, Mike loves puns. Oh, no, that was, that's great. That is great. It, oh, it is. I loved it. That's why I'm like, oh, dude, you've got to get that out there and coin it. Trademark, trademark that, it yes. Somehow, man. Because I like I've it. Already used, I've already used it once. That's, um, that's but a great one. How was his last frantic not a, a T? He goes over and stands like a six-year-old child staring down a referee. That's that's attempted intimidation of an official. He gets well, continues uh, yeah, to get away but, with this crap. But he's not the first to do that. John Cheney uh, was big on that. Uh, John Cheney was. He, yeah, John Cheney also threatened to kill John Calipari. <laughs> John Cheney uh, at a game I was at once uh, let uh, his assistant, who was brilliant, uh, coach the team. Uh, and of course, John was brilliant as well. But he had a great assistant coach that had been with him forever. Uh, Maloney, Jim Maloney, I think his name was, died in a tragic car accident. A great guy, uh, but he he would he he this one time out, uh, John uh, let him coach it, and he he went over and he stood and he just stood like at the hash mark and looked across the floor at the at the ref and just stared at him for the entire time out and never stopped. And so this was sort of a modified version of that. The difference being proximity. Fran was much closer than John was. John was basically on the opposite side of the floor. In this case, Fran was, you know, basically 10 feet away, if that. And it was interesting toward the end of it when the ref took a step forward, like, now I'm not backing down from you. You're not winning because you're changing my mind. You got to better, better go make some threes. And they did. Uh, and, and I think if Indiana didn't learn from its from its uh, struggles in the second half against the Hawkeyes not to turn their back on them, uh, I think Saturday can, would, would convince them because they, you said they, they were up 21 at half, basically. Uh, Michigan State was up close to that in the end of the game and still lost the game. Uh, you know, once again, you see another team go into overtime and lose because of the choice not to foul up three. But that, I thought that that play that uh, Peyton Sanford scored the, the tying three on was the perfect illustration. The greatest illustration was 2008 when Mario Chalmers hit his. But the perfect illustration for those who are still agnostic about fouling up three, you have a Michigan State player 
guarding the post, literally guarding the post. Why? Like, like that's like that's like if you're if you're you know if you're somebody's in you know uh, somebody wants your jewelry uh, or you know, somebody breaks into your house and you don't guard the jewelry, you guard the toilet. I mean, there's nothing going to happen in the post. It's going to hurt you. You're up three points. If you if they throw it into the guy and he shoots a layup, you win. So why are you guarding that? And then they had they had an exchange at, at the top of the key that uh, involved Sanford and Connor McCaffrey. Now Connor McCaffrey is a terrific college basketball player, and he had made threes in that game. But you have Peyton Sanford, who is at his best, literally one of the best shooters in the conference. And, and he had already made multiple threes in that game. And Joey Hauser, when the exchange happens, does what everybody does. You take a step back because you don't want anybody to go and beat you off the bounce into the lane. Except, why? If they go down the lane and make a layup, you win. But the, the reason that's just the reason why the, the defend instead of foul up three strategy is broken because defend, defensive players do what they always do. And 75% of what they always do is designed to keep the ball out of the lane or out of the post. And that means pinching. That means diving. That means digging. And all the other things that they do to keep things from happening in the lane. And all that matters at that point is that no one gets an open three. So the best thing to do is to abandon your regular principles and foul because it's an automatic habit breaker. Because at that point, your only intent is make sure you foul the guy with little enough time that his only choice will be to go to the line, make, and, and intentionally miss. And Wisconsin saw that happen on sun, on su- Saturday to Michigan State and end up losing. And Wisconsin, now they're like the literal last team for me going into the weekend. They're the literal last team in the field, and they have a chance. I mean, they've got Michigan beat on the road. It's almost a clincher. They got one and a half seconds left after they apparently failed to foul on the way up the floor because uh, Greg Gard did say that he tried. Okay, so you got a second and a half left. So when the ball comes in, whoever is defending the target dives after the ball into the player. What bad can happen? You foul, he goes to the line, and, you, and you're in the make-miss scenario. But instead, the defender tries to leap and deflect the ball, and it goes over his head. He falls down. Hunter Dickinson has a wide-open three-point shot. I'll never understand how coaches can look at this happen over and over again and look at why it happens and not, and not buy into it and not buy into the concept. Because, again, it's not, it's, it, it's not that – defending is going to fail every time but defending puts you in a scenario where your players are going to react as they do in the other 39 minutes and 50 seconds because that's you've trained them to be great defensive players they have to do these things for you to be a great defensive team that's how you do it you protect the lane you protect the post and Michigan State had literally three players that were not guarding the three-point line on Saturday when Peyton Sanford made his shot. Three players. And that's it, it's a lot easier to get an open shot when that's all you want and no one's out or only two players out of out of five are out there trying to make it hard. 
uh, it's like the women, uh, and it's easy in, in hindsight, because I didn't think of this at the time, but missing that second right. free throw, Mackenzie Holmes, if she would have missed the second free throw on purpose and, and caused a scrum, that would have at least taken up half of that what time was left, if not it all. Does. I will defend um... – I'll defend. But I didn't. Moore. I didn't think. I didn't think of it at the time either. I'll be even, honest. With even you. you know, even if Coach Moore had had, had um, thought of it, here's a couple of things that you bring into the though. The the clock doesn't start. You know, it, it doesn't until start. I think it's, it. until someone touches it. Um, once that once that happens, they if they gather the rebound, they can still We're call it. Call so they might have had less time by a fr- by a fraction. But it also brings into the possibility the scenario of the foul. If you're going to contest the foul, the the rebound, so that they don't have that much time, what if you foul? Uh, Pitt versus Butler in 2011. Uh, in it, the, the Butler team that made the championship game, the second Butler team that made the championship game, Pitt had them beat. Uh, uh, all they had to do uh, was clinch it with free throws. And they missed, uh, I think it was a front end, or they missed both, and they missed the second. And one of the pit players fouled uh, Matt Howard going for the rebound when he should have just let it, let him have it. And he fouled him, and then so Matt Howard gets to move 90 feet and make two free throws. Uh, so that I, I understand why why Indiana's women didn't do that. There were That, that opens doors that you don't want to open. As opposed to the follow-up three strategy, which only opens a small door that you have to basically pull off a miracle to, to enter. And I, I just don't think that, you know, if, if, if teams were habitually avoiding that, what the scenario that I talked about where you're defending what doesn't need to be defended, if they could show that they can habitually avoid that, then it's a different argument, but I don't see that. I see what I saw on Saturday happen where everybody's in the lane you know, guarding players that don't need to be guarded. Uh, and you're out there leaving Pey- Peyton Sanford, uh, a simple dribble exchange gets him a wide open three. Mike, when's your next bracket release? Bracket will be this afternoon. Uh, we've got that going. I've been also doing daily seed updates. Uh, it's hard to do a bracket every day. It takes a lot of time. So it's not hard to do the seed update because the seed list does, you know, changes a little from game to game, but, you don't have to create the matchups that uh, that avoid conference conflicts and rematches and all that stuff. And so the seed list now is coming out every day that I don't do a bracket, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that that will be out as well uh, during the course of the week. Um, I'll be on Wednesday night post game uh, discussing my bracket on FS1 and uh and then um, we'll be back for the final episode of Big Ten Basketball and Beyond regular season style on Sunday night. And for the sporting news, we got next early next week, we got our All-America team, our Coach of the Year, and the Player of the Year coming up. So a lot of stuff going on as we get closer to Selection Sunday. Where can they find the bracket release? Yes, uh, on my Twitter, at TSN Mike. You can find all the content that I produce. Uh, as well as uh, at CBB on Fox, uh, they, they they release it a second, you know, a few seconds before me, and then I retweet their uh, uh, their post, and uh, and so you can find that there, and then of course uh, BTN and and FS1 are where they always are, and SportingNews.com uh, for any of my articles that you don't catch on Twitter. 
Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News and the Big Ten Network. Appreciate him being with us each and every week, our good friend. Appreciate you, Mike. Thanks, fellas. It was fun. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, we've got lots more coming up. Karate Hoosier comes up next. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Barbara Pop Real Estate Services down in the Louisville, southern Indiana area. Floyd Clark Harrison, uh, Washington, Jefferson County is all down through southern Indiana. They have served those communities for three decades. And no one can help you get into the home you want quicker and less expensive than Barbara Pop Real Estate Services. Reach out to Barbara at barbarapop.com or our friend Matt Lincoln, Matt at barbarapop.com. We've got more coming up with Chronic Hoosier up next here on Indiana Sports Speed Radio. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington. Andy Moore Honda is Bloomington's number one Honda dealer simply because you get the best deals. And right now, it's the Certified Dream Deal Sales Event. Get 0.99% APR financing for well-qualified buyers on all 2017 through 2021 Honda Certified Pre-Owned Accords, Civics, CRVs, HRVs, and Pilots. See dealer for financing deals. Andy Moore Honda, Bloomington's number one Honda dealer. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Whether it's at our place or yours, great food and a great time is our guarantee. Endeavor Hospitality is a locally owned and operated restaurant group also offering catering services in Bloomington, Indiana. Our local restaurants provide an array of options that never leave you bored. Just to tempt you with a few mouth-watering options, experience a charcuterie board at Feast, Southern Stone's Fried Chicken, Vegan Tacos at the Owlery, an authentic Italian meal at Cabello, or a hearty breakfast at BB's Market. Your next dining endeavor starts by visiting Endeavor, Indiana, or downloading the WOW Club app to earn exclusive dining rewards. Endeavor Hospitality and the WOW Network. Looking for something different for lunch or dinner? Visit Cabello Restaurant, located on the square in downtown Bloomington. Experience the tastes and traditions of the Italian heritage right here in southern Indiana. Enjoy handmade pasta and house-made desserts. At Cabello, they curate local produce, purchase fresh meats from BB's Market, so every meal you share at Cabello has roots in our community. Catering options are available, and we have private rooms available for reservations, whether for dinner or business meetings. Capello on the square. Always on the go, whether it's you, your kids, or the team. It's hard to find fresh, tasty food that is convenient to eat on the fly. Goteen was created for go-getters like you. Goteen is full of fresh, healthy ingredients, and each recipe contains high-quality protein powder. And guess what? They come in multiple flavors and taste great. High-achieving people like you need a great-tasting source of energy to conquer the day. Just go to GoTeenBites.com or pick them up at BB's Market. Goteen is a proud partner of Endeavor Hospitality's WOW Network. Golfers, here's a deal you won't want to pass up. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington is offering a very special two-year gold anniversary membership for only $299. That's right, just $299 covers your green fees for the next two years at Eagle Point. It includes tee times starting as early as up to 10 a.m. with one week in advanced tee time bookings. You just cover your card fees. Now, there is a limited number of memberships available, so go to EaglePoint.com right now and get yours today. Now available throughout the Bloomington area is a fresh, home-cooked, nutritious meal prep that we cook up. The Fresh Fork takes care of all the planning, shopping, and prepping and can even deliver them to your doorstep once a week. 
That's right. It's the fastest, simplest, and easiest way to avoid decision fatigue. You pick your plan and pick up at BB's Market with no extra charge. So leave the heavy lifting to us and enjoy healthy eating with stocked meals in your fridge. Order online today at thefreshfork.com. Fresh Fork is a proud partner of WOW Network. This segment is brought to you by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Brought to you by our good friends from Powered by Andy Moore Honda, Bloomington's number one Honda dealer, where you can get the best in new and used vehicles and more to your door at andymorehonda.com. Please welcome aboard Chronic Hoosier. How are you, sir? I am glad to be back. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Always a fun one. It was a hell of a weekend in basketball all the way around. Dustin Schutte, uh just not just the Indiana games. Of course, Indiana knocking off Purdue to sweep Purdue and to win at, at Mackey for the first time in 10 years. Uh, the women, uh, that uh, unbelievable game at, at, at Iowa. Um, but they head into the Big Ten tournament as the number one seed, which starts this week. Uh, the men have a game tonight against Iowa uh, to replay a game in which they had a 20-point lead in and lost. Uh, but they're going to be they'll, – they'll remember that. But they also – they don't, I don't think they need any of that for Motivation Chronic. They need to win these last two games to secure a number two seed in the tournament. Yeah, I think Woody said it best after the game. And uh, I saw the team account uh, share it. Uh, the quote, I think, was something to the effect that you cannot go back home and not validate that win in West Lafayette. You cannot. Um, and I think that's imperative for them to internalize that message. Uh, because as we've seen, um, you know, the highest highs can quickly be replaced uh, with a loss. And this time of year, uh, with all the implications, whether it be conference seeding, um, NCAA seed line, you just have to hold home court. You have to seize those opportunities and maximize what's in front of you. And for, uh, you know, as we've talked about for the last several months now, for a team that has, uh, that has battled back from the disappointment of, of December and early January and the injuries and everything that ensued, to put themselves in this position now um, where they're, you know, they're in control of their own destiny, uh, sitting in a four-way tie in second place in the league. Um, this is this is theirs to lose. And uh, with Indiana, <laughs> you cannot lose at home. You just can't. Uh, for a team that is renowned for their ups and downs home and away, uh, you absolutely have to be able to lock these last two up and put yourself in the best position to uh, you know, possibly win the program's first conference tournament and certainly give yourself a chance to uh, – to compete deep into March with a, uh, a good NCAA seed line. And one of the things that I think is, I, this is, this might sound weird, but it's, I think it's almost beneficial that Indiana is playing an Iowa team that came back from a 21 point deficit, you know, a, a couple a months ago, a month ago when they had that struggle, because I feel like if you're playing Minnesota or a Wisconsin or a Penn state, I mean, those teams are good. Um, but in, in those situations that they're, 
there might be more of a letdown. I feel like it, for Indiana to come home and play a team that they should have beat, they let one slip away, they're going to have that bitter taste in their mouth. So it keeps the it keeps the hunger there as opposed to if you're playing a team maybe you've already beaten or you're not going to take as seriously. No, no doubt. And I think it's uh, it gives them a chance inside the locker room to excise some of those demons and just validate uh, who they know themselves to be, who they know themselves to be capable of. Um, and honestly, what a better foil than Iowa. I, I, it seems like it transcends all sports right now. Iowa's just become such an easy team to hate uh, with some of the personalities and, and some of the, certainly some of the administration over there. Um, but I, I, I think it's they play a great villain uh, for tonight's matchup in Assembly Hall. And, uh, you know, let's see if uh, – let's see what shenanigans friends has in store because uh, after the post-game comments and what happened in-game uh, last time these two teams faced, my guess is you're not going to see a lot of love lost between the two benches. And uh, I'm here for that kind of action. I'm just going to th- – uh, I, I love a good shenanigan. I love a good shenanigan. I do too. I was just going to throw this out. Is that I can't remember, and so jog my memory, either of you too. Has there been a more – villainous men's and women's basketball team in the same season than, than Iowa is this year. (laughs) I can't can't remember it. Like even not in the the conference that I recall. Well, even if you go to the, like, even if you throw in the rivalry with like Purdue or something like generally Purdue and Indiana, they have likable players. Like, it's just like, it's the rivalry. It's not necessarily the players or the guys on the bench or whatever the case might be. I'm trying to remember like, a two, uh, the two, two most ag- the, the two yes, most aggravated people in the conference on both sides of men's and women's basketball come from the same school. That is, yes, there's no <laughs> doubt. Well, Caitlin Clark is the best player in women's basketball. I will continue to always preface it with that. She is the most aggravating and arrogant. That's just all you can say. She is just arrogant beyond belief. Fran is just his his antics or frantics as the great as Dustin coined the great <laughs> phrase yesterday. Uh, they're they're beyond. They're, I'm tired. I, I am. I'm tired of them. I was tired of them when he got the T rescinded, which I don't know how the hell that happens. Then the other day we see him do the the five foot stare down with the official uh, attempted intimidation of official doesn't get teed up uh, again. It's just I'm it's. He's getting away with stuff that, and that's that's the Big Ten's fault. They need to take care of that. Uh, it, it's ridiculous, and I'm tired of seeing it. Now, you know, I'm thinking back. Uh, of course, everybody's bringing up Bob Knight. You know that, Chronic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Wisconsin certainly had some uh, some villainous teams on the men's side. Um, Aaron Kraft over at Ohio State was probably one of the more easy guys in the league to ever hate, uh, although you certainly would love to have had him on your team. I don't know that I ever want Brad Davis on my team. Sorry, Tyra. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to chew on that one for a while, and let me get back with you. But it's certainly up there, and it's it's all the way down the line at Iowa. You know, I'm, I'm still salty about the uh, – the, the league's decision during the COVID year to uh, let Ohio State leapfrog Indiana, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Gary Barta is certainly not high up on my list of it, of rival administrators either for a number of different reasons, uh, but not the least of which is because they've enabled uh, Fran. But quite frankly, Fran, Fran just acts a fool. I mean, he shows his ass on a regular basis, um, and it's just it's unbecoming of the league. 
I understand it's, it's, you know, passion is welcome and celebrated, but let's be honest, he acts like a horse's ass more often than not. Um, and it's just, it's grown really stale. Uh, the problem is, as well, we've because seen it on- seems, it, uh, it really, it seems planned with Bob Knight. You knew it was just, it, it was just him uh, erupting or there was nothing planned about what he was doing until the NCAA tournament came around. Then I know he did some things with purpose uh, to take pressure off of his team, but not this kind of stuff. And he, he, nothing he ever did like this. I, every, so much of what Fran does looked looks planned out. And the 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 hold me back thing. I, I've said it before. I'm like, let him go. What the hell is he going to do? Let him go. He's not no, going to do anything. It's a it's joke. Performative. It's 100% performative, but it's it's frustrating on a number of fronts. Not the least of which because. It's effective. It, it's effective. Uh, we've seen it have impact on games. Um, the way in which he uh, he can get officials to respond to his his antics. Um, yeah, but quite frankly, it's dangerous, and I, I think it's something that the league needs to take uh, better control of and rein it in before it it spills into something that gets really really ugly. Um, you know, and we've seen this with Juwan Howard at Michigan. Um, you know, when you have guys who have a a, a pattern and a habit and a practice of letting their emotions go out of control. Um, it's a bad, bad look for the league and uh, it can put a lot of people in a really bad situation. That's totally controllable. And, you know, quite frankly, like when, when Indiana visited Iowa city um, for a coach to enter another team's huddle, it's just so far beyond the pale and, you know, even more so that it, it wasn't teed up on the spot. Because quite frankly, you know, what he does in, in situations like that is just a powder keg waiting to blow up. And we've, we've all seen enough ugliness um, spill out onto the floor. Uh, you would expect the adults in the gym to, uh, to take the lead. And when they, they, they show that they're incapable of doing that, at some point it's past time for, uh, for the league to take, to take action and put a stop to it before, uh, before you know, it, it gets a whole lot uglier than what it's already been. Uh, I know we gotta let you go. What's up next for you, my friend? Uh, Indiana taking on Iowa tonight. Are you heading to the able to get to the game, or uh, you I am going to be at the game. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've had a hell of a week, man. I went down my wife's birthday last week and got the uh, the opportunity to go see Derek Trucks play uh play his slide guitar uh at the Ryman Auditorium, probably the oh, greatest slide guitarist on, on earth. And then follow God. that up with uh Billy Strings at Bridgestone. Uh, just a block down the street. Wow. And, Big arena uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And super cool. Super, super, super cool setup too. Loved every minute of it. But, you know, um, I, I thought I'd kind of tapped out on, you know, just jaw droppingly amazing individual performances. Uh, and then to turn around and see what Fino did up in, uh, in West Lafayette and then cap by that, that basketball game Sunday in Iowa. I'm not quite ready to let the amazing go. We're on a heck of a roll right now, so hopefully uh, the Hoosiers can continue it and uh, you know roll that momentum into a, a strong close to the season. And like we said when it, when it all began, uh, you know the expectation was a team that could compete for a title. Uh, certainly, top two, top three seemed to be the uh, the floor for this team. And uh, just taking a step back here with one week left to go, at least in the regular season, and appreciating the journey that we've been on, and even more excited uh, for what's still to come. So can't wait to get that going. And, uh, brother, it's almost March. 
So best time of the year to be a Hoosier. Tomorrow, baby. It is March. Chronic Hoosier, can't thank you enough. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. We'll catch you next week. As always, Chronic Hoosier brought to you by our good friends from Andy Moore Honda, Bloomington's number one Honda dealer. Go to andymorehonda.com where you get more to your door. We've got more coming up, of course, here on Indiana Sports Beat. Uh, we'll talk about Indiana's game tonight. Someone asked about what it would take to Indiana to get a number one or number three seed. We'll talk about that as well. And while I'm talking to you, do me a favor, pull out your phone, go to your Twitter, give me a follow on Twitter at Jim Coyle, I S B. And while you're doing it, of course you see at shooty Dustin and at Alden on the air. We're back with more Dustin. Shooty on Indiana Sports Beat right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. Hey, this is John, the producer with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. TheHoosier.com is where you can find complete coverage of Indiana basketball, football, and plenty more. Simply go to TheHoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also find full episodes of Indiana Sports Beat Radio on the homepage or on the station every week, Monday through Friday. If we're not on a station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Golfers, here's a deal you won't want to pass up. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington is offering a very special two-year gold anniversary membership for only $299. That's right, just $299 covers your green fees for the next two years at Eagle Point. It includes tee time starting as early as up to 10 a.m. with one week in advanced tee time bookings. You just cover your card fees. Now, there is a limited number of memberships available, so go to EaglePoint.com right now and get yours today. Looking for someone to cater your next corporate event, family reunion, or tailgate? To some, a garnish may be nothing more than just a decoration put last on a plate. But in Bloomington, catering starts with Garnish Catering. Serving all of Bloomington and surrounding areas, Garnish Catering is waiting to help make your next event one to remember. Planning a great event shouldn't have to be stressful. Whether we quote you just for catering or a total event package, you can trust that you're making the right choice with Garnish Catering. Visit GarnishCatering.com. Garnish Catering is a proud partner of WOW Network. Always on the go, whether it's you, your kids, or the team. It's hard to find fresh, tasty food that is convenient to eat on the fly. Goteen was created for go-getters like you. Goteen is full of fresh, healthy ingredients, and each recipe contains high-quality protein powder. And guess what? They come in multiple flavors and taste great. High-achieving people like you need a great-tasting source of energy to conquer the day. Just go to GoTeenBites.com or pick them up at BB's Market. Goteen is a proud partner of Endeavor Hospitality's WOW Network. 
Metalworks Brewery Company, located just off the square in Bloomington near Cabello, is locally owned and operated by Endeavor Hospitality Group. Launched from a previous staple in Bloomington, the former Function Brewery, Metalworks Brewery Company is the culmination of a passion for beer, food, and custom metal art. Check out their custom growlers. Metalworks Brewery Company has an updated menu, new brews, and will be offered in all Endeavor Hospitality restaurants. Come taste with Dr. Hobbs' Brewing, Metalworks Brewing Company. Bring your passion and your thirst. This segment is brought to you by Feast Market and Cellar. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Look at old Hoosier Hank there. Start seeing him. He, he, he was out last night at Southern Stone. Uh, uh, he's got pictures with uh, Woody and Don Fisher, Terry Morin, uh, J.D. Campbell, the SID for men's basketball. He was a popular figure last night. Um, and you'll see him out and about. Someone asked earlier, what, what, would, what would it take for Indiana to get a three seed? Well, First of all, you need to understand seeding. You have to look at it in a linear fashion, not in a, a, a region fashion. Don't look at the four regions. You have to look at it linear. One, two, three, four. One's the overall number one seed. Two's the, the number two one seed. Three is the number three one seed. Four is the number four one seed. And that's how it goes. And five is the number one two seed and such on down the way. Currently, right now, Indiana's about 14th, I think. You know, that makes them a four seed, right in the middle. What's it take for them to move up? Two things. They have to do things to move up, and people in front of them need to do things to move down. Now, that will they will have that opportunity because – there are five Big 12 teams in front of Indiana. That means four Big 12 teams are going to lose at least one time in the, in the Big 12 tournament. And if not, if any of those teams don't lose in the interim this week. So you, you've got opportunities there. Uh, but for Indiana to move up past a, a four seed, they're going to have to win the Big 10 tournament, I think or at the very least play a really good championship game in it uh, because they're not, they, and they can't get higher than that, Dustin, because of who's in, there's just too much in front of them. Purdue's not falling past the two seed. Right. I mean, that, they're, they're, they're number four right now. So they're the last of the one seeds. You know, they would have to fall five places. Well, you just, you've seen Indiana beat them twice. They didn't fall out of number one the first time. They right. did not drop this time. I meant to ask Mike about that, the second one, because losing at home, the way they well, did, and Yacht, I'm like, come on, man. This is this is probably it's probably one of the reasons why Mike doesn't care much for the AP poll. But uh, what's I would agree with you. I think if Indiana wins out and then they win two games in the Big Ten tournament, get if they get to the championship. I think that you could potentially see a number three seed. Now, this is like you said; you can't really project what other teams are going to do. They it's they dug themselves a hole with the poor play in December, and it's it's not completely their fault, right? Like they had to deal with injuries, 
They still don't have Xavier Johnson. I I think it's possible, but I think that they're going to have to win their last four, four, what would be four of their last five. I think they could afford to lose a, the championship game and still potentially get a three seed if they beat Iowa, if they beat Michigan, and then if they win the two games in the Big Ten tournament to get in. Otherwise, I think it's probably set that they're probably going to be slotted in that number four area just because they have the nine losses. Now, this has been a crazy college basketball season and anything can happen as we've seen. So you never know. Maybe there's some chaotic things that happen in front of them. I just wouldn't bank on that. I think if you win four of the next five, though, I think they're in a really good shape. I mean, I guess if you win four out of five and win the Big Ten tournament, you're still in pretty good shape. You could, so you could afford to lose one of these two games, but we'll see. Sometimes the committee does not put all that much stock into winning the Big Ten tournament in terms right of Right now uh, on ESPN's bracket, we're waiting for Mike's to come out later. Uh, where are the Indiana Hoosiers? Uh, man, they don't use any logos on this, so that's not making helping, <laughs> helping me out any. It's all words. We need graphics. Know. I'm telling you that that sure makes. I've never. I don't know that I've ever seen a bracket that does not have the logos because that's just makes it instantaneous for you. Right. Um, and my eyes are. They've got. Oh, here we go. This would be. Please stop today and make this be the bracket. ESPN's current bracket has Indiana as a four seed playing in Orlando. There you go. Then heading to Louisville. Ooh, there you go. You don't know how beautifully sweet that would be, Um, especially with Indiana's women's team playing. That would be awesome to be able to yeah. try to because we're trying to cover everything. Uh, they deserve that coverage as well. It's unfortunate that they're having the stinking tournament in, in Minnesota, where the the complete lack of coverage and fan attendance will be apparent. I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain. But anyway, uh, but for Indiana to move up, they're going to need help from Big Twelve teams. Basically, right. there's just too many Big Twelve teams in front of them. So I think Indiana would have to win the Big Ten tournament um, or, you know, they only have to move up two spots or three spots. So right. I think playing in the Big Ten championship game, playing well in the Big Ten championship game and uh, a, little bit, even- a, little bit of, a little bit of help in front of them will, will get them there. But they've got to have the help. You've got to have other teams drop. Here's why I don't think – I don't think the Big Ten championship game matters. I think they could be by 30 because the committee doesn't have enough – if they just get there, the committee's going to have them slotted where they have them slotted. I don't think it matters. Uh, no, well, look at last year. I, I, I was convinced that after they had beaten Michigan and Illinois, they were without question. They are in the tournament, man. But they – they But, slid. I mean, they were – they slid in into the last – I did not think that they were in a last game in situation. I thought that they were – and most people thought that they were solidly in the tournament. They weren't. They were one of the very last selections right. to get in, and they played Iowa really well uh, in the game right. that they lost. So 
now this is a better team than last year, and they've had a better season, so they're not dealing with that. I think in two, I think in 2016, I think it was 2016, Michigan State was on the cusp of getting a number one seed. They went out and won the Big Ten tournament, and I can't remember who all they beat that season. I know they played Purdue in the championship game. Uh, in yeah, I don't know who they played else in the Big Ten tournament. Maybe Maryland. I think maybe they beat a, a ranked Maryland team. And they still ended up with a two seed. So that's why I don't, if you're, a, it, maybe it makes a difference, but I think if Indiana just gets there, and like I said, if they've won the, the previous four games, as we talked about with Iowa, Michigan, and then the two Big Ten tournament games, then I think that they'll, they have a great, I'm not saying that they'll get it, but they have a great chance to get the number three seed, a number and, three seed. And if you think that you had an issue with uh, teams with losing records, Wait till I give you this little tidbit of information. Oh boy. Cur- currently in the net rankings, Indiana is 18th, 20-9 um, record. Right behind them, uh, our, our friend Dusty Mays, FAU squad, uh, okay. 24-3, the number 19 slot. Behind them, Kentucky. Okay. At 20-9, same record as Indiana, Maryland. Then TCU, West Virginia, both from the uh, Big 12. Uh, West Virginia at 17 and 13, but well, I need to know how Indiana, the net works. Cause I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, I don't know how it works. There's a bunch of crap that goes into it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so it's a like, bunch of analytics. It's so I don't know like, how it works. It's a bunch of analytics and it's not the only thing that's used it's, but it's a no. major tool. But as you can it's see, kind of, most people have Indiana slotted as a four right now. Well, if this, if you just went by the net, well, they would not be a four, they'd be a five. I think the net is kind of like cell phones. Everybody uses them, but nobody can explain to you how it actually works. Well, somebody, some people can, but they're just way smarter than either you or me. Well, right. I'm just saying the, the average person uses net rankings, uses a cell phone. We have no clue how they actually function or work. You can pretend that you know, but you really don't. Uh, well, they go. it's like strength of schedule, not conference strength of schedule. Uh, non-conference opponents, opponents strength of schedule, things like that. Your well, I quad one that. wins, quad one, does, all that is. But why is, does why does strength of schedule matter if you're not winning games? This is what I don't understand. Like if you, I don't care. Well, if you're if not you winning the, games, nothing's going to matter because okay. nobody's going to care. But West Virginia, so who cares you, about what's, what's West Virginia? They are record? winning games. They're six and eleven in conference. In the toughest conference in the history of they're not basketball. so so they're still not winning games in the toughest conference. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. What? Oh, who cares Christ. if they play the best schedule if you're winning six games? Big whoop, big whoop. They're set. They have a winning record overall, and they would beat probably by half four the teams. games. Seventeen. They would beat and half the teams that'll be in the tournament field probably. I hope that they lose in game one. I, I hope they, they lose in game four one. now, and I have no, I have no, <laughs> I no interest in West Virginia now. I hope no. they go to the freaking final four. Nope. I hope they get beat in the first round, so I can gloat about it. What are you dancing? Oh my god! I can't wait till they, boy. They're not. They're not. Come on! Come on, Huggy Bear! You got to head to. You got to hit the road, brother. I do. We got to take a break. Uh, Dustin's got to head out. He'll be back uh, Thursday. Tomorrow. Oh, you're tomorrow. back tomorrow. Perfect. I, I can't keep up with you, man. Like a child <laughs> running know. all over the place. I do whatever I want. Hey, we got to take a quick one. Appreciate you, brother. Dustin's back with us again tomorrow. 
We've got more coming up, though, here on Indiana Sports Beat, brought to you by Metalworks Brewing Company. Served in all the restaurants in and around town, like BB's, Southern Stone, The Allery, Cabello, Feast, Market and Cellar, all of the great places. Don't forget, please uh, give me a follow on Twitter. Yes, I want to get that over 4,000. At Jim Coyle, ISB. I don't ask that very often. And hit the like button and the toggle so uh, you can keep up with all the uh, content that we put out here because we have post-game interviews, uh, interviews off the side. Then during the summer, there will be all kinds of content in addition to the shows. So we've got lots more coming up here on Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Back with it right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Whether it's at our place or yours, great food and a great time is our guarantee. Endeavor Hospitality is a locally owned and operated restaurant group also offering catering services in Bloomington, Indiana. Our local restaurants provide an array of options that never leave you bored. Just to tempt you with a few mouth-watering options, experience a charcuterie board at Feast, Southern Stone's Fried Chicken, Vegan Tacos at the Owlery, an authentic Italian meal at Cabello, or a hearty breakfast at BB's Market. Your next dining endeavor starts by visiting Endeavor, Indiana, or downloading the WOW Club app to earn exclusive dining rewards. Endeavor Hospitality and the WOW Network. Andy Moore Honda is Bloomington's number one Honda dealer simply because you get the best deals. And right now, it's the Certified Dream Deal Sales Event. Get 0.99% APR financing for well-qualified buyers on all 2017 through 2021 Honda Certified Pre-Owned Accords, Civics, CRVs, HRVs, and Pilots. See dealer for financing deals. Andy Moore Honda, Bloomington's number one Honda dealer. Get more to your door with AndyMoreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. Hey, this is John, the producer with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. TheHoosier.com is where you can find complete coverage of Indiana basketball, football, and plenty more. Simply go to TheHoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also find full episodes of Indiana Sports Beat Radio on the homepage or on the station every week, Monday through Friday. If we're not on a station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. BB's Market is your local meat shop, steakhouse, and caterer. No matter where you live, located on South College in Bloomington, BB's opens every day at 6 a.m. with fresh, custom-made breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner items. With some of the best custom meats around, in-house made deli, side dishes, salads, and lunch meats, BB's Market has the largest variety of in-house made products in southern Indiana, including 14 different marinades for chicken, beef, and unique recipes for over 35 varieties of brats and sausages. Visit bbsmarket.com for online ordering. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. 
Southern Stone Restaurant, located at the corner of Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington, offers a variety of freshly made fare, tying their roots in limestone with their love of Southern eateries. With quality, local, and organic food as their main focus, Southern Stone strives to always provide their guests with an exceptional dining experience. With weekly specials, quick, attentive service, Southern Stone Restaurant provides delicious, five-star comfort food with a Southern charm at two-star prices. Southern Stone Restaurant is part of Endeavor Hospitality's Wild Club. This segment is brought to you by K-Bello. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Endeavor Hospitality Group and Andy Morhonda of Bloomington. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is Tuesday, the last day of February, babe. That means March is here tomorrow. It was pretty windy yesterday. But um, it's, it's over, baby. March is here. Springtime, March basketball, tournament play. Big Ten women's action starts this week. The, the Indiana women, by the way, will not play until Friday. Their game is at 1230. And they will play the winner of the Nebraska-Michigan State game the day before, meaning they can exact revenge for their what was their only loss of the season until yesterday against when they were shorthanded against Michigan State. They, they didn't play well in that game either, anyway, but um, they will have the opportunity to exact revenge in their very first game. Saturday, they should be playing Ohio State if, uh, you know, if it, if chalk plays out, which while in Ohio State is ranked, Indiana just destroyed them at Ohio State just a week or so ago. Um, and that would put Indiana into the championship game on Sunday at 5 p.m. on ESPN against, I'm thinking it's either going to be Maryland or Iowa. I'm picking Maryland because I don't think Iowa on a neutral court. I think Maryland's a better team. Maryland did beat them by 28 the last time they played. Of course, that was at Maryland. Um, So we'll see. That'll be interesting. But that's all coming up this weekend. Indiana, of course, plays on Sunday. Their game is at the same time as the women's championship game. So that's going to be... yeah, that's that's going to be tough to. We'll, we'll be. I'll be watching one. I'll be at the at the game watching the other one on the on my laptop. Uh, I, I guess so we'll be reporting on both of those, covering those. But uh, looking forward to Indiana winning. Hopefully they'll bring back a Big Ten title. That would be great for them to match their regular season championship. Hang that up there with a banner. That will be uh, great for them. So looking forward to that. Uh, the, also, the golf club at Eagle Point opens up tomorrow. I uh, saw that today in, in an email. Uh, the pro, Jeff sent out. Let's see if I can find that thing again. Um, where was that? Oh, yeah. Jeff Schroeder sent this out, man. Club opening Wednesday, March 1st. Opens for the season. Just give them a call for a tee time or book online. The golf course will be open based on weather and course conditions, of course. 
please call ahead for uh, availability. 812-824-4040. 812-824-4040. Book yourself a tea time. It's going to be like 71 degrees, I think. Um, I am going to try to play because my life is about to change for the next four weeks again. It's like it's going to be football, the start, the end of football, the start of men's and women's basketball, and soccer season coming to a head. Those are the busiest times of the year, uh, although it's fun. Lots of traveling coming up, man. We don't know where we're going yet. Uh, but boy, I sure did love that bracket I saw on ESPN and I would love to see that play out. And I, I, I hope the NCAA sees that and knows that Indiana has a gigantic following in Florida. They would have a great following in Orlando. And if they then get to go play in the Yum Center in Louisville, well, forget about that. Uh, but that would also allow for easier coverage of the Indiana women's program who, while their first weekend, they will be playing at home uh, here in Bloomington. Second weekend, most likely they're going to be in South Carolina if they hold serve at this number two seed spot, which I expect them to do. Um, So, but we'll find out. What are you expecting on tonight's game? Uh, Let's see. Everyone talking about the seeds and and where Indiana is right now. It doesn't... uh, no, I'm not buying the popcorn tonight, man. I'm going to be working, unfortunately, Doug. Um, I, I I wouldn't be a – I don't think that Indiana shouldn't be in front of Gonzaga. I've never, ever, ever bought into the Gonzaga deal. I'm like, what have they ever done? I mean, I think they made one Final Four. Is it one? Stop at this crap. I'm tired of it. Just because they go 25 and 2 because they play nobody. St. Mary's of the St. Mary's College. They're the same. What those are two of the same. They play nobody. They run up these gigantic records, 24 and 6, by playing a, a schedule. They're 24 and 6. You know how many total quad one games St. Mary's has played? Total? Four. They're two and two. They're eleven and two in quad threes. But they're two and two in quad one game. That's if you don't play anybody, you get relegated. I, I, I don't I just don't buy that. I'm sorry, you're playing Oral Roberts in Vermont and North Texas and Southern and Hofstra. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, the bottom of the SEC. They did play Houston, but they lost. Missouri State, San Diego State, and Mexico. That's just not Portland, Loyola, Marymount, Pepperdine. You know, it's just not the same quality. It's it's a disagreement that me and Dustin have. Quality matters. Quality of opponent matters. There's a reason why Gonzaga doesn't do anything nationally. There's a reason why this team's not going to do anything nationally. Um, and sometimes when you play good opponents, it doesn't matter. Purdue's a good example. As a program, they play in the Big Ten, so you know they're playing quality opponents. But, yeah, they have not been to a Final Four since 1980, 43 years 
it'll be this year. And that was only their second ever in 123 years of basketball. So it's when it when you don't do things nationally, it, it just that plays to produce recruiting. They recruit, they have their style, and it works for them, but it only works within the Big Ten Conference, I guess. They just don't, they won't ever seem prepared to uh, be able to. And I'm not trying to pick on Purdue. They've got a great team. Well, they've got a good team. They don't have a great team. They might be great next year because Zach Eady's coming back and those those guards will be grown up a little bit more. They'll have more experience. But they're not going to, you know, Bob Kravitz mentioned it already, why he thought that they won't go far. And I've said it multiple times as well. Young guards, baby. But Indiana on a roll tonight. What will Jalen Hood Shafino do to follow up his performance? Trace Jackson Davis, uh, expect a big performance out of him because he is going to want to redeem uh, his 10-point performance against Purdue. Plus, Iowa just does not have the wherewithal to take care of both Jalen Hutchfino and Trace Jackson Davis. As they'll try to get up and down the court, so it should be a high-scoring game. Big thanks to Dustin Shooty as always. Mike DeCourcy, our good friend, and Chronic Hoosier, as always, for appearing on. John, the producer, big thanks as well. Most importantly, thanks to you guys. Without you, we have no reason to be here. Give us a like. Hit the notifications button. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Jim Coyle ISB, with a follow, please. And uh, we're back tomorrow to do it all again. And I can't wait. Indiana takes on Iowa tonight. Until then, I'm Jim Coyle. I will see you on the radio. Thanks for listening to Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page for more clips and team coverage of Indiana basketball, football, and more. You can also find full episodes and tons of other content on thehoosier.com. We'll see you next time for another edition of Indiana Sports Beat Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.